Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. And I have a headache. And I am happy about it. Gee, thanks, you fucking sadist? Masochist? <laughs> Which one is it? A sadist likes other people to hurt. Yeah, a masochist likes being hurt. My, my, yeah. my fucking left you nut fucked. wasn't enough for you. Now it has to be my head. <laughs> How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. I want to I wanna talk about some wild shit that I saw. So, last week I, w- I went to Kroger. Uh, I was just going about my business, you know, getting groceries, doing, like, the fucking chores that we all hate doing, but have to, to continue to exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, saw, I saw somebody's car parked in the lot. That had like a bumper sticker written in the the Twilight font that said, I drive like a Cullen. And I was like, what could that possibly mean? Uh, and it's just been in my head ever since. I don't get it. <laughs> fa- fa- fast? Does it mean fast? Does, does it mean sparkly? Does it mean uh, when they drive, it sounds like fucking thunder? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I guess he does like Tokyo drift around a corner to save her from rapists. Are they a whore? Do they do tricks for money? Were they in a war? I don't know. I don't know how a Cullen drives, and I'm at this point, I'm afraid to ask. Well, that makes sense. I don't know. I, I don't get that. Uh, I I hope that person finds whatever help they need in life in order to understand. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what's wrong with you, but I hope you find what you're looking for. Well, that's interesting. Uh, I'm happy for you, I guess, that you found somebody who said a stupid. Yeah. Thanks. What about you? What have you been up to? Uh, thank you for asking. I had to get new pants today. Now, uh, the reason for that is because all my other ones, uh, ripped in the seam, uh, around my butt. So, uh, they were probably too small as it was. It was just, like, it took me getting larger for them to, uh, realize that. So, uh, I got larger pants. Uh, also, they're more spacious, so my balls shouldn't hurt as much anymore. (laughs) Okay. In case anyone's curious, my balls have been hurting, uh, as I said last week. Like, uh, interestingly enough, I so I can work from home. Let me make that clear. I can work from home, but uh, I try to soldier into the office because uh, sometimes they need me, sometimes they don't. Uh, most of the time they need me, I should say. So I tried to go in, and then about noon, my balls start hurting again. So I'm like, well, time to hit the old dusty trail and then head back home. So now I'm hoping with uh, looser fitting pants that my balls won't hurt anymore. 
and I'll and, and they'll get over it or whatever. <sighs> Fucking yikes. Mm-hmm. This is my life, unfortunately. I've been wearing nothing but lounge pants for like two weeks straight, and it's been wonderful. And I don't want to go back to that, to wearing regular pants, but I have to because my boss continually forces us to come to the office. Um, that's rough, buddy. <laughs> my girlfriend turned into the moon. That's rough, buddy. <laughs> uh, the other thing I've been doing is getting back into Apex. I've been playing ranked, so that has led to me uh, yelling at random people on the internet. Uh, so so much so that my girlfriend goes, "I want to record you," and has been stealthily trying to record me from the opposite room, uh, and has only been successful one time. Yeah, it's I. I saw like a random video posted on our shit and I was like, what, what am I looking at? I didn't know what you were upset about. Uh, I don't know. I look, I don't, I haven't watched it, so I don't know the context of it yet. So I don't know what I'm upset about either. But, uh, this all spawned from one time when, uh, I lost a game because, uh, one person refused to push with me. So I went in there and ranted at my girlfriend for two minutes about why this person should have been pushing with me. Uh, I was very animated. <laughs> so yeah, that's my life. Ultra competitive boy. Yeah, I don't know. I, I play magic with you twice a week, so uh, I know you. You do know we played. <laughs> we played the grindiest game of popper I've ever experienced in my entire life last night. I think I think game two on its own took an hour. <laughs> it was back and forth and back and forth, and fortunately, I had the best deck in the format, so I came out on top. <sighs> what a nightmare! It's true. Uh, speaking of which, let's get into a segment called "What's Your Swill." Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! Alright, well, I am having um, a Jim Beam Devil's Cut with cranberry juice. There you go. Uh, as for me, I am having the Sprite, the Winter Sprite variant uh, that, that is now out. Uh, it's delicious, and I'm having it with gin. I think I, I think I did this last week, and I did not find the correct mix. Uh, this week, I absolutely did. So uh, I'm in a good mood because of that. I haven't had the winter sprite in a long time. It's at your local grocer today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, and with that, let's get into the news. Oh shit! It's mail time. All right, our first story today is that Carol Baskin lost her court bid to halt the release of Tiger King 2. You know, part of me wishes she won, and then they, they had to cancel the show forever so we didn't have to watch part two. Oh my god, that'd be actually very funny. Uh, uh, cool, I guess. I don't know. I, yeah, it's fine. I mean, if I'm her, yeah, I'm suing as much as I can to stop anything from happening for the, with the show. Like, apparently she, she didn't even sign on to be in season two. It's just archival footage of her that's going to be shown in season two. So, eh. I don't know what could be so bad other than the fact that she's constantly mentioned in the show. The damage has been done. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. Everybody's like, man, I can't wait to see what Carol Baskin's up to. And I'm just <laughs> like, she's, she's not going to be in it. Nope. Not at all. Uh, also, American treasure Dolly Parton joins the final season of Grace and Frankie. Uh, I can't wait. We love Dolly Parton. It's true. Grace and Frankie, I think, is fine. Uh, and I, I've watched two seasons and really don't ever feel like getting back to it. No offense to the show. Uh, I just, it's not for me. I don't know. I like the show. It stays consistently good. Um, but, you know, it's a show about old women coming to cross attack these two brothers. And what are you going to do then? <laughs> yep. It's, uh, it's true. All right, next up, uh, you can now play uh, mobile games through your Netflix mobile app on Android devices. Uh, iOS, you're, you're, it's coming soon, TM. Uh, we've been... uh, explain how, because I was just in my Netflix app and couldn't do it. Uh, have you updated your Netflix app? Uh, it auto-updates. Oh. Well, uh, it should say game somewhere at the bottom. If it doesn't, then they haven't done it yet. And I misread everything. Let me take a look. Tomorrow, games will start rolling out on the Netflix mobile app. That was November 2nd. First on Android, with iOS on the way. Hmm. Uh, Categories, maybe? Log log into the Netflix app. Access Netflix games on the homepage or the games tab. Select the game you want to play. Download the game via your device's app store. Play the game through the Netflix app. That's how th- those are the that's the step by step for everybody. So uh, if you if you're somebody who has an Android phone, uh, there you go. Uh yeah, I don't know. I might have to look it up because it doesn't show me anything obvious oh. online. Weird. They didn't say they pushed it back, but uh, whatever. Uh oh, you can uh they they actually answered a bunch of questions. Uh. <laughs> My favorite one. What would possess someone to play games on Netflix? There's no demonic possession involved. It's for someone who uh it's for someone who wants an ad-free, fee-free, in-app purchase free mobile game experience. <laughs> that's uh oh, that's very good. That's a tremendous response. Okay. Uh so yeah, if you're somebody who's on Android and uh is unable to access this. Let us know, because we'd love to hear how Netflix is possibly fucking this up. Oh, my. Uh, and finally, uh, Red Notice opened in theaters on November 5th, uh, and currently looks to be only getting about a uh, million dollars in box office revenue. Caleb, discuss. Uh, I don't know, I can't fucking wait to have to watch this next time, I guess. <laughs> As somebody who helped contribute to the uh, almost a million dollars in box office revenue, I can't either. <laughs> uh, here, here's the thing, everybody. Netflix doesn't care about the, the movie theater yet in terms of revenue. Uh, normal people are going to wait a week in order to watch something that's already included within their Netflix subscription. Now, that said, there was probably about 25 people in my theater uh, with a capacity of 108. So. Yeah, about a quarter full, which, okay, fine, whatever. Uh, Maybe that has something to do with COVID. Maybe that has something to do with the the Netflix thing. Maybe it has something to do with both. 
I don't know. All I know is, you know, anecdotally, didn't seem like people wanted to watch a Netflix movie in theaters. Maybe Netflix will <laughs> stop putting things in theaters uh, for limited theatrical runs. I guess we'll find out. Time will tell. Good stuff. Okay, that'll move us into Downstream. We'll talk about some trailers that happened this week. Baby, I can't control the internet. All right. The first up is the teaser for Stranger Things 4. Welcome to California. California. Uh, no sound party. It's uh, actually like a decent, decent little like, you know, well-produced little teaser. Mm -hmm. Doesn't show any kind of weird monsters or anything. Just shows like, you know, they're in California now. Eleven and like the Byers family are. And uh, Eleven's being bullied in school and presumably going to go all carry and make their heads explode. And she's excited to go home for spring break and see Mike. Oh, that's what happens in Carrie? I've never seen Carrie. Uh, yeah, Carrie is uh, about a girl who's uh, telekinetic, but she's bullied in school. That's Stephen, she, like, that's Stephen King. She makes them die. Yeah, it is. I bet she has The Shining. Yeah, probably. Um, the entire description on the trailer, on like, I guess the official Stranger Things YouTube, which is where I posted this from. Wait, uh, what? the whole description is just zero zero four slash zero zero four. Right. Uh, so like, this is the fourth teaser of four teasers that they're going to release oh, for the okay. show. The first one was oh, uh, gotcha. Hopper in Siberia. The second one is I legitimately cannot remember. Third one I was maybe it was saying this was the fourth season of four. Oh no, uh, I think they're going off of the the four motif. But the third one was the the creepy house, and then this is the the fourth and final teaser. So I don't think we're going to be seeing anything else about this until uh, a trailer, a full trailer drops, uh, and then we'll go from there. Okay. Uh, they did. They we do have a release window because we can't even get a fucking release date at this point because we haven't waited long enough. Uh, summer twenty twenty two. So you know, three years later. Three years later. I mean, unless they're going by like summer solstice, in which case, what June? Fuck, man. Man, they're they're lucky this show is popular because otherwise, no one would be fucking standing for this. Yeah. And that's all I have to say about that. Uh, stay <laughs> tuned, everybody, for more Stranger Things stuff coming in 2022, most likely. It'll get there when it gets there. I guess. Uh, next up is a <laughs> It's the most wonderful time of the year, Dan. Uh, <laughs> next up is a trailer for A Boy Called Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, an ordinary boy called Nicholas... Wonder sets who out he's on an be. extraordinary adventure into the snowy north in search of his father, who is on a quest to discover discover the fabled village of the elves, Elfhelm, taking with him a headstrong reindeer called Blitzen and a loyal pet mouse. Nicholas soon meets his destiny in this magical comic and endearing story that proves nothing is impossible. Uh, a boy called Christmas on Nova on Netflix, November twenty fourth, in select territories. Wait. He's he's going after his father? 
Yeah, trailer didn't tell us that. that I did not know that at all until right now. Uh, he has a talking mouse. Mm-hmm. Also, this looks like trash. Oh, this looks like garbage, but uh, uh, come on, Caleb, it's the Christmas special. <laughs> the Christmas special looms. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Christmas special, our third trailer this e- <laughs> this week is for uh, A Castle for Christmas. Famed author Sophie Brown, played by Brooke Shields, travels to Scotland hoping to buy a small castle of her own. Because uh, that's you can do that. Uh, but the prickly owner, Miles, the Duke of Dunbar, uh, played by Carrie Elwes, uh, I still don't know how to pronounce his name. That is correct. But unlike other Robin Hoods, he can speak with a British accent. Uh, he's reluctant to sell to a foreigner. Uh, they work to find a compromise. The, the pair constantly butt heads, but they just may find something more than they were expecting. Uh, this leads to sex. Uh, it looks like the plot involves Brooke Shields being canceled on Twitter, so she goes to Scotland. That yeah, uh, so she's J.K. Rowling. <laughs> uh, th- uh, <laughs> man, uh, this is—I mean, at least a boy called Christmas looks whimsical and magical and potentially fun. Uh, this looks like an arduous journey into uh, a psyche that I don't want to understand. <sighs> also. Look how Carrie Elwes has, fall- has fallen. He was in uh, The Princess Bride. He was in Robin Hood Men in Tights. He was in Saw. Saw. He was in Saw 7, or the final Saw, uh, because it turned out he was a secret uh, jigsaw apprentice and made sure that uh, somebody died at the hands of something. I don't remember. I didn't. I don't. I, I don't remember watching that one. So uh, I don't think I have. But uh, yeah, he was in those movies, and uh, he was also. The mayor in Stranger Things season three? That sounds right. Because I know Jake Busey was in it. These are I all the things I know. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, he had to carry on the, the legacy of his dad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you want to talk about pieces of shit for breakfast. This is pieces of shit for breakfast. Oh, my. Um, is this a sequel to The Christmas Prince? No. At least I'm pretty sure it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Alright. I'm now... So, sidebar, because I'd rather talk about anything other than, uh, A Castle for Christmas. Ashley is watching something with, like, epic-sounding music, but, like, whimsical and epic-sounding music, so I, I have no idea what she's watching. Because she was watching Dawson Creek. Dawson's Creek. Because she's doing that uh, in December for her show. But now I'm concerned what she's watching. I'm concerned for you. No, you should be. All right. Our final trailer is for The Power of the Dog. Uh, Let me pull up the YouTube description and then tell you what the movie's actually about after I pull up the YouTube description. Yeah, because they don't tell you. Uh... Written and directed by Academy Award-winning filmmaker Jane Campion, The Power of the Dog is quote-unquote mesmerizing, quote-unquote astonishing, quote-unquote a masterpiece, starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Kirsten Dunst, Jesse Plemons, and Cody Smith-McPhee in select, theater, in select theaters in November and on Netflix December 1. That's the description. Yeah. 
Here's the plot synopsis according to IMDb. <laughs> Charismatic rancher Phil Burbank inspires fear and awe in those around him. When his brother brings home a new wife and her son, Phil torments them until he can find until he finds himself exposed to the possibility of love. Wait, is this a Brokeback Mountain situation? I'm glad you also went there with your initial thoughts after I read this synopsis because I was like, wait, Brokeback Mountain with the sun? Um, this movie inexplicably casts Benjamin Cumber Cumberbund as a cowboy. I'm fine with it. A, a real American cowboy. Uh, the film Twitter people say he's fantastic. We're going to find out. <laughs> I guess we will. It's a career best performance for Benedict Cumberbatch. Okay. I mean, considering that the last performance I've seen him in was his what if performance, which was uh, about as phoned in as it could possibly be. Uh, I'm very excited for this. To see a career best in performance. Uh, me too. Uh, just make sure to watch The Power of Doggy Style. I don't know. I'm better than that. No, you're not. I'm not. We'll say this. The cinematography does look beautiful. I just, I don't know if this is going to be a movie for either of us. But we're going to find out. It's a topic. Because it's one of Netflix's Oscar slate things, and that gives us plenty of co of things to talk about whenever we uh, get to this part of the year. Yeah. All right, and then I'll move us into quick hits, where we talk about some shit we watched this week. <laughs> so we'll start with you, Caleb. What'd you watch? Uh, nothing. Nothing really worth mentioning i don't know um just worked all week came home fucking played the new animal crossing dlc mm -hmm. and uh that's it that's where i'm at well there you go uh as for me i've seen a bit of dawson's creek uh i don't know what's going on in that show i thought michelle williams character was named andy uh her name is actually uh jen uh, I didn't know that Sasha Alexander, who is uh, Dawson's main squeeze in season four, was actually Pacey's sister. So, you know, I, I watched like a little bit of the show and just went, I have no idea what's going on here. Pacey's a fucking little bitch. I hate this man. Uh, and not just because my girlfriend likes him. It's just he seems like the biggest fucking pussy. I, and I'm going to stick by that. Pacey is a fucking pussy. Yikes. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, as I came home from the store, uh, like, a night or two ago, Ashley had put on Seinfeld, like, starting with the first episode of Seinfeld, which, which included the fucking uh, pilot. Uh, and that is a rough, rough, rough pilot. Like, I, I am it, actually it really is. shocked that this show got put to network, considering the fact that that pilot is not good. But, uh, also, yeah. uh, fun fact, uh, before they cast Julia Louis-Dreyfus on the show, uh, they were going to have the waitress uh, be a prominent character, uh, a la Elaine. Maybe not as prominent as Elaine is, but like, you know, a recurring gag character who's like, offers insight and shit. So, uh, thank God that Julia Louis-Dreyfus decided to be uh, an actor on the show, because good God. And then, of course, uh, I watched The Marine Biologist. I made Ashley uh, watch that with me. 
Because I was like, I just want to watch The Marine Biologist. To which, uh, for those of you who are unaware, uh, Kramer is uh, hitting golf balls off into the ocean. That's his his side plot. Uh, Elaine, when uh, Elaine gets a a fucking pocket handbook, uh, an electronic hand pocketbook from uh, Kramer, which like holds all of her appointments and shit. Uh, she takes this and then like can't get it to turn off. So the author, so the Russian author that they uh, that her publishing company has rescued from the gulag has uh, uh like he they're driving in a limo and she can't turn off the alarm so he throws it out the window and it hits a woman in the face or in the in the head uh that woman played by carol kane yes that carol kane from unbreakable kimmy schmidt uh so she has to like get the get the book back get the uh electronic organizer back uh and then it gets, uh, there's some hijinks that ensue there, but, uh, the main thing is, is that Jerry introduces, uh, like, runs into a woman that he went to college with before, uh, and she's like, how, how's George? And he's like, George is great. He's a marine biologist. And then, so George has to pretend to be a marine biologist, uh, up, <laughs> up until the point where there's a beached whale and everyone's like, all of a sudden you hear this voice, uh, and this voice is Larry David's voice, which is fantastic. I just went, holy fuck, that was Larry David. But uh, he, he literally calls out, is anyone a marine biologist? And then, uh, you know, George has to do his shit. And he gives one of the greatest comedy monologues I've ever heard in my entire life. Uh, we find out that Kramer has hit a golf ball, uh, a hole-in-one into the whale's blowhole. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> what is that a titleist uh, anytime i see a golf ball I, I always go what is that a titleist uh and some people understand my stupid fucking reference but yeah that's a that is a fantastic episode uh everyone watch seinfeld you could probably skip the pilot it's <laughs> it's pretty bad it's pretty bad uh, and that's it. I have not watched the League of Legends show yet, but I probably will watch the League of Legends show at some point. Uh, I believe in you. Thank you. All right. Well, then, why don't we get into a quick break? And when we come back, we'll talk about our main review topic for the week, The Harder They Fall. You thought it would be the old mid-roll ad break, but it was me, the one that's a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure meme. The following patrons have abandoned their human frailty and joined Lord Dio's eternal army. Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, James De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Casey Moore, Nerd Revert Jason, Sam the Hurlahee Boy Hurley, Giuseppe Vicaretti, and Dan's mother. If you'd like to become a patron so we can use your money to finally destroy the Joestar family forever, find us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Brand yourself as part of our unholy army. Go to netflixandswill.com slash merch. Leave a review and tell me what a good job I'm doing as your immortal overlord. Visit netflixandswill.com slash Apple Podcasts. Thanks for helping us manifest our stand abilities, which give us the power to watch terrible movies and TV shows and do like rapid punches and stop time or whatever. Seriously, go watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Part 6 comes out in December.
Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get our main view topic for the week. The harder they fall. The harder they fall is number one on Netflix this week. Uh, it currently stands at a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, it's a drama western. When an outlaw discovers his enemy is being released from prison, he reunites his gang to seek revenge in this western. This is written and directed by James Samuel and stars Jonathan Majors, Zazie Beetz, R.J. Seiler, Edie Gathigi, um, a bunch of people. Regina King, Lakia Stanfield, Idris Elba, yeah. Delroy Lindo. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll kind of break down performances, I guess, in a little bit. Uh, what did you think of The Harder They Fall? Um, uh, I liked it. I didn't like it as much as I but, thought but, I would. But it's complicated, right? Right. I okay. like everything about it, but I feel like it's still disappointing because I would figure with that cast that I would connect to the performances much more than I did. Uh, and needless to say, I connected to them enough but just not on the level that I thought this cast could pull off. Yeah, I see what you mean. Like, don't get me wrong, there's some great stuff in here. Mm -hmm. um, like, Id Idris Elba gives a pretty great performance. Um, I don't know, I thought Jonathan Majors and Zazie Beats were both really good. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, what the movie does is kind of substitute, like, substance for style to a degree. Um, which I'll I'll talk more about in a bit, I guess. But well, I compare uh, at least parts of the early stuff in the movie, style-wise, to like a Tarantino movie. Like there's a part where Lakia Stanfield and Regina King are on a train getting out Idris Elba, which it's not a spoiler; it's in the fucking trailer. Uh, but like there's a there's a a fucking what is it, like a split screen shot. Of like, uh, you know, Lakia's talking on one side, and and this uh, lieutenant general talking on the other side, and like the way it wipes in felt kind of Tarantino esque, but like, yeah, like so, which like that's probably like the closest mainstream comparison to this movie would be Django Unchained. Uh, the key difference being that this movie contains multiple black people. I mean, so does Django Unchained. It it also features a lot of white people. <laughs> Like, yeah. significantly more white. Like, I, I could count the number of white people that I recognized on one hand. But, like, I guess Samuel L. Jackson, like, has a decent amount of dialogue in Django Unchained. But, like, Django is, like, the only, like, real character. Oh, yes. There, so. Oh, 100%. I, I'll agree with that 100%, but. But yes, the number of white people I recognized, I could count on one hand. Uh, one of them being Lassiter from fucking Psych. I don't know. I guess there's two metrics where you have to, like, analyze this movie. And that would be, like, does it work as a black film and does it work as a Western? Um, it's like, as a black film, I think this is, it's good. It's fun. Like, it, uh, it kind of gives everybody a chance to perform and you kind of see their individual motiva motivations, at least to like some extent, uh, you know, it's not just like a bunch of cardboard cutout people running around doing shit. Right. Um, 
and then like the use of of color and stuff like whenever because like there's um it's the old west right so like there's black settlements and white settlements so like whenever they're in one of the like black towns that was established for black people by black people and and all that like it's it's very colorful and vibrant and uh like <laughs> they they go to like the white town and all the buildings are white the fucking ground is white mm-hmm. <laughs> which like, is like hilarious and everybody's just kind of moping around yeah uh that that was funny because like yeah you're gonna go to the white town and then I'm yeah. like, okay, so it's just gonna be white people. And then you just stick out like a sore dick the entire time, right? Because you like um, it, it is very much your. I think I can say this word colored because it's like you're black and also like wearing di- like because, uh, well, I don't yeah. get too much like too much weight, but like everybody else is wearing like black, gray, tan, white, that kind of stuff, monochrome, and, yeah, right. And everybody and you know the characters who walk into town are wearing like. One of them's wearing a red dress. Yeah. Um, and then as as a Western film, does it work? Kinda. Mm. Um, my biggest... my big, I, I had a lot of fun with this movie, but my biggest gripe is that everybody's very clean. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Like, nobody has a hair out of place. Everybody's, like, beard is trimmed up perfectly. And, yeah, I don't know. Not to say people back then didn't have any sense of style, but. Right. Most of the time when you're an outlaw, you're not spending a lot of time in town, so you're not looking like the most pristine human being on planet Earth. Yeah. But I mean, that's like. I found that kind of throwaway. Like, they they wanted to go for a style. They wanted the the cleaner style, which I can appreciate. Yeah, and, and like, this movie oozes style. Like, uh,. I really liked how all the gunfights were shot. Um, you know, there's not like a part where it really lagged for me. Like, no, once shit starts popping off, like it's it's paced extremely well. It's exciting. It's fun. Uh, there's stakes to it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it doesn't feel like a two hour and nineteen minute movie. It actually feels pretty quick. Is this two hour and nineteen minutes? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, see, I didn't even notice. Yeah, see, Gerald in in his fucking patron chat, uh, he's like, "Oh my god, I was gonna watch The Heart of They Fall, but then I saw it was two hours nineteen minutes, and it's like, nope." He's and he thinks that Halloween Kills is the best in the franchise. So, well, uh, the second best in the franchise to yeah. the original, but uh, that's neither here nor there. G- <laughs> Gerald's mental capacity <laughs> is not under scrutiny at this point. He's not a real person. But yeah, uh, I I like I said I like most everything about the movie. I just thought, based off of the cast we had, I would connect way more with it than I did. Yeah, and um, ugh. I loved Zazie Beetz in the film. I thought she was fantastic. Um, and the other standout performance, of course, was Delroy, who uh, I have a. A fucking giant man crush on, mm-hmm. and uh, was uh, pleasantly surprised to find out that he was in like the whole movie because yeah. I thought he was just like, and and also Delroy Lindo. So I was like, oh, he'll have like a little bit part, but now he's like in it. He's a major character. Yeah, I thought he'd have like one scene and then we'd move on from there, but no, in it the whole time. It and was uh, great. 
what a what a performance like from like whenever he first shows up he's uh he goes into like a saloon and kind of confronts the main character um so like from the second he walks in he's just fucking chewing up the scenery and is just like this larger than life fucking old old west u.s marshal and it's like ah love this guy mm-hmm yeah, he's great. I also do like Jonathan Majors a lot. I think this show, if anything, he can be a leading man in a movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's already a like, leading man in this, but you know, he's there's scenes where he was crying that he made me feel bad. Yeah. Anything else non spoiler you want to talk about before we get into spoilers and then talk about all the cool stuff that happened in this movie? I don't know. Another, uh, I guess, performance that I just wanted to mention is. Uh, Daniel Danielle Deadweiler as Cuffy, mm-hmm. uh, a character that I thought would just be completely thrown away and that just kind of stuck around through the whole movie and I came to really enjoy. So, yeah, yeah, there there are some characters that I feel like do get thrown away, but we'll we'll talk about them here uh, very shortly. Yeah. Um. Also, like the the rogues gallery of like all the villains was really good. Like uh, Regina King and Lakeith Stanfield were both like really great compliments to idris elba who mm-hmm. just like oozes malevolence the whole time yeah all right uh so i think what recommend from both of us uh maybe me yeah, slightly absolutely. less than you but you know still check this out if you haven't gerald and with that we'll get into spoilers Thank let you. me just play the ending for you no no i don't want to see how it ends Okay, I could describe it. Um, imagine you're in a room. No, no, like no, 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 I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, yeah, but the ending is awesome. So if I could Son just play of a bitch, the... this is what you always do. You always spoil stuff uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance okay, to see it. Okay, you sound like a crazy person right now. Alright, so the characters that I, I almost feel like kind of got cast to the side were uh, fucking... Uh, R.J. Seiler and um, uh, what Edie Gathidi. I think I think their characters got fucking cast to the side entirely. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I I did really like Edie Gathidi's character of Bill Pickett, mm. which, which like I just I wanted him to have more screen time. Um, than he really got. So yeah, I feel ya. And R.J. Seiler, it it just felt like his character of Jim Buckworth, right? That's it, right? Yes, something like that. Beckworth, Jim Beckworth. It it felt like he was very one note, and like yes, that became his eventual downfall. But like, it just felt like he he did the same thing for five minutes of screen time, and then we moved on and pretended the character stopped existing. It feels like they're putting together, like, a superhero team in this a little bit. Like, it feels like they're the fucking Old West Avengers. But, unfortunately, R.J. Seiler and Edie Gathigi were playing fucking Hawkeye and and fucking uh, Black Widow, I guess. Mm. Which, like, I'm... Let me be clear. I'm fine with both of them dying. I really am. But, like, I just wanted them to do more before that happened. Because I feel yeah. like uh, Cuffy, who wasn't part of the gang originally, like, it, it felt like outside of, you know, Nat Love, the gang was kind of like, hey, 
It's Nat Love. It's uh, these two other idiots. And then, oh, we got these. We got Zazzy Beats. We got uh, who's Stagecoach Mary. We have Cuffy. And then we have a Marshall. And these two, these two idiots off to the side who don't fucking matter. Yeah. I, uh, man, I thought that, Z- I forgot that Zazie Beats was in Joker. She was in that? Because I've, like, completely forgotten that movie. Oh, I haven't. That movie's great. And she was, uh, that movie's fine. I don't know. I just, I try not to think, I, that was, like, one of my last theater experiences ever. Mm. Uh, and I try to forget specifically that theater experience because it wasn't great <laughs> that's fair um but yeah they uh she's also domino in deadpool 2 yeah who was like the probably the best part of that movie i guess oh 100 um I, I i saw a reddit post the other day that was like donald glover cast brian tyree henry lakia stanfield and saucy beats in atlanta and now they're like three of the biggest stars in hollywood and that is a correct statement. Yeah. Which, like, I'm a, I'm a little sad we didn't get Brian Tyree Henry in this, but it, it is what it is. But uh, the ca- we're forgetting about, like, an extended cameo uh, from a person who was not billed at all in the movie. And that is Damon Waynes Jr. as uh, the leader of the Crimson Hood gang. <laughs> Man, I didn't even pick up on that. Really? Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, actually, pointed totally it out. him though. Yeah, uh, I was just like, he's definitely got the Wayans look. Yeah, Ashley was like, yeah, it's Demon Wayans Jr. I'm like, oh shit, and then I was just like, holy fuck, That's I can't hysterical. believe it. And, and I mean, like, he's he's hamming it up a little bit. Like the the voice that they have him throw on is fucking hysterical. It doesn't really fit him in any way, shape, or form. But you know, <laughs> I didn't care. I was like, yeah, that's cool. All right. Um. I don't know. I guess plot wise, like it's a, a, it's like a revenge movie wrap, like wrapped around a heist movie, kind of, mm-hmm. or like a reversed heist movie. They're trying to bring money to the bad guys to lure them out to like shoot them up a bunch of times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I thought I thought all like the plot stuff worked. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how I feel really about the eleventh hour reveal. Like, though. Eh, stupid. Yeah, it is what it is. I I kind of wondered if they were going that route, but um, I don't know. I feel like this movie had to do something like that, or they felt that they had to do something like that. I don't know. I would have probably preferred to just see like a big epic showdown. Right. Which, yeah, like I, I, I get why you turn it on its head because that's what you normally see in a western. So you, you turn it on its head, and yeah. make it a more emotional kind of thing, which yeah, is like and fine. And then, like the big showdown ends up being Cherokee Bill versus Cuffy in a fucking quick draw. Yeah, which like I kind of felt was coming based off of a, a one what seemed to be a throwaway line from Cuffy at the campfire, being like, "No, I'm faster," and everyone's like, "But how do you know?" She's, Cuffy's like, I, I looked in the mirror. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> God, what a great character. Yeah. I love, like, every... In a movie where everybody is so much larger than life, to have a subdued performance like that, like, draw me in so much is, like, really impressive. Well, I think it's because it's so standout. Because she, like... 
don't know the pro. Okay, uh, forgive me, LGBTQ plus community. I have no idea what the pronouns are for Cuffy. Uh, we're going to. I'm going to assume uh, female well, like, pronouns. She she prevents as presents as masculine right throughout it, but uh, but like her, like she stands out because she is so different than everybody else like everybody yeah. else is just everyone else just doesn't stop talking and then Cuffy shows up just you know one to be tough and you know yeah. really show who she is is that like she's a respectable person yeah she also played June in the the Watchmen series I gotta watch that series it's pretty good I don't know how much else you want to talk about with spoilers. The the, the end end is kind of what, like, the, the final hanging thing. Uh, I mean, the Delroy, not the, the Idris Elba and Jonathan Majors being, bro- like, half-brothers thing was kind of wonky. We talked about yeah. it slightly, but, like... I don't know, it, uh, it, it pulls it together and ties in, ties up everything that happened at the start of the movie and kind of gives, like... Idris Elba's character a reason to be such a bastard, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Like I said, I would I would have been fine with him just being a, a fucking asshole, right? <laughs> uh, but then the f- the final final thing, uh, which is you know the burial of the Nat Love gang, uh, and Nat Love of course being still alive and just riding off into the sunset, and then our final shot is uh, the the treacherous Trudy hat. Uh, and then being put up, and there's Treacherous Trudy, potentially, I don't know. That that, yeah. that feels like a Tyler Rake at the end of uh, Extinction, or not Extinction, Extraction thing, where it's like, hey, we just got somebody who has a similar figure to Regina King to potentially put in a, a spoiler, like a, a fucking teaser for, you know, The Harder They Fall 2 for us if we want to continue to go down this path. Yeah. And we'll see. We'll see if they want to go down this path. Uh, it, it, it like I don't know. Well, I don't know how she made it out though, because fucking Zazie beats beat her face in with a boat oar. Oh, that was the and then the butt the of gun. a shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we didn't see Trudy die though. And then you know, twenty minutes later, there's the that there's Trudy's hat. So I don't know, yeah. man. Uh, maybe they'll do a sequel. I I feel like they could just leave they, it. They could call it Treacherous Tootie. Like the number two. I'd rather die. <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, Tru- Trudy fast, Trudy furious. I don't really have much else to say. Uh, I've said my piece. Uh, I think this is a good movie. You should definitely yeah. all check it out, Gerald. Yeah, I think it's it's quite good. Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna go with a three and a half. Uh, I am also going to go with a three and a half. There we go. Uh, good stuff. Uh, now onto something considerably worse. It's time for us to talk about a patron-requested review for Waterworld. Well, fine, if you don't want my money. You mean, if we watch terrible movies, you'd give us money? Well, sure. Mr. Caleb, welcome to the patron review segment. Uh, Waterworld was given to us by, uh, some bastard whose name you didn't put in the show notes oh, it's, that uh, I can't. Nerdrovert. Oh, fucking, why, why have you done this? Um, 
In a future where the polar ice caps have melted and Earth is almost entirely submerged, a mutated mariner fights starvation and outlaw smokers and reluctantly helps a woman and a young girl try to find dry land. Uh, this is directed by Kevin Reynolds, uh, written by Peter Rader and David Tui. Uh, stars Kevin Costner and Gian Triplehorn, who... Uh, what the fuck else was she in? I was like, oh, it's that one girl from... Uh, I don't know. I forget what I, I forget what I've seen her in. She was in one episode of BoJack Horseman, oh. uh, the episode "A Horse Walks Into Rehab," playing herself, I think. But oh, I don't know. You've seen her in some things, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um. Also, Dennis Hopper's here. Uh, you mean the best who, part of the movie? Yeah, he apparently thinks he's in a much better movie than he is. Um. It's inexplicably a six point two out of ten on IMDb. I don't because like sure. everybody always goes on about hating this movie. Uh, for my part, I thought it was entertaining until it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. This is a weird one, bud. Yeah, it's also three hours. Uh, is it three hours? It felt like I thought it was two fifteen. Two hours, 57 minutes, according to IMDb. Wait, what? Yo. Yo. Unless we got, like, an abridged cut on Netflix. Uh, let's look it up. Uh, which, if that's the case, like, thank God. Thank God. Yeah, two hour, 15 minutes on the Netflix cut. Yeah, okay. I was gonna say, cause... Maybe, maybe IMDb is listing the fucking director's cut. Maybe. Um, yeah. I fell asleep during this movie. Uh, and not during, like, the middle, which sucks. That started putting yeah. me to sleep. Uh, I fell asleep at the beginning of the climax of the movie. Uh, I might have slept through the same part, because I was watching this at 3 a.m. Uh, it's, like, right as Kevin Costner gets on the the Exxon Valdez. Yeah. Which, uh, I was like, oh man, I could back it up to where I remember seeing, but <laughs> exactly. like, also I understand everything that's happening right now, so I don't need to. Right. Well, it's the climax it's of the movie. it's still just them chasing each other right. through an ocean. Right, it's like the climax of the movie, like, it, like, everything has been resolved, it's just, or like, all the plot beats have been resolved, it's just the one last thing that they have to finalize before we can, uh, yeah. end our suffering. Yeah, so so we fucked up the environment, the world flooded. Costner is just like an unnamed fucking just mariner goes around like scavenging and surviving. Uh and like nobody asks him his name, which is convenient cuz the writer didn't give him one. <laughs> um but like he he is a mutant who's adapted to this new world. Uh he has Gills behind his ears, which looks like somebody just like glued a a, a piece of like silicone rubber behind his ear, mm-hmm. and then uh, it shows his webbed feet, uh, which it, it kind of just looks like he has condoms on his feet, yep. and is stretching them out a bit. Yep. But I don't know. Everybody talks about uh, Costner's hairline in this movie, but like. I think, uh, you know, it's fine, because he's r- reverting into a fish man, mm-hmm. so why would he need hair? Yeah, I'm with that. He's, okay, he's still humanoid, though. Right. Like, he, 
it shows him like swimming through the water like a dolphin very fast and then like launching himself up out like he can launch himself self out of water and like land on the deck of the boat and it's like he's still just a human no he has webbed feet now so that means he can swim faster than anybody before <laughs> as for what i actually thought about the movie i thought the first 20 minutes was actually like enjoyable i was like oh cool yeah, it was like yeah, it's like, hey, it's it's wet Mad Max. Yeah, I was like, okay, there's some weird shit uh, happening. Cool, that's fine. And then, and then they throw Kevin Costner in some poop. Yeah, uh, and then the movie goes downhill. Yeah, yeah, like the the whole fucking thing with the uh, uh the fucking smokers destroying the the atoll town, and I'm just like, I don't care. I I still don't care. Here here you go, Gerald. Here's the review you've been waiting for. I don't care. Just me saying I don't care over and over. Like this is is a whatever thing. And then uh, the beginning of the, the the true journey happens, where he takes Gene Triplehorn and the girl who would become Deb in Napoleon Dynamite uh, out to sea to find uh, the dry land. Oh my land. god! I can't fucking believe that. Yeah, yeah. That's where that's that's her big claim to fame before Napoleon Dynamite is uh, the girl in Waterworld. Um. So yeah, like they do this shit, and like I I watch this. I'm watching the movie, and I'm like, why are we supposed to root for Kevin Costner? He is just such a fucking dick the whole time. Yeah, like immediately when the the woman and the girl are on his boat, he's like, hey, we should kill the girl so that we can save water. Uh, and then like at one point, just fucking yeets her off the boat, and like peels off. <laughs> And he's like, oh, I suddenly like feel at every bad. turn he's just trying to kill this child, and it's like there's no hero in this movie. It's just people surviving. Yep. It's like just base instincts. Yep. So I don't know. Uh, I, 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 and then there's a monster shark, and for some reason Kevin Costner kills it. Well, they need food. Yeah, but like, I don't know. It shows this thing like barreling down, ready to eat him, and it opens up. It's like seven mouths and sings the song that will end the world and then like it just does a jump cut to him throwing a giant slab of meat on a fire well they didn't obviously they didn't have the budget to actually do that i mean did you see the scene where they, <laughs> they explore the city underwater and how badly green screen that looks yeah there's a lot of stuff in this movie that looks like it's not well edited that's true Let's talk about Dennis Hopper as Deacon, okay. the leader of the Smokers, a gang that's named after their love of cigarettes. Yep. Uh, okay, I'm ready to talk about them. What would you like to talk about? He Sometimes he kills people, and sometimes he arbitrarily lets them live, even after they say his eye looks like shit. Yeah. Because uh, he gets his eye blown out in a horrific uh, diesel tanker explosion accident yeah because some idiot keeps shooting his gun off into like like as he's getting pulled and he doesn't realize it because his uh eye like his goggles are blacked out or something from all the fucking gunpowder. yeah oh we forgot to mention the most important part of the movie there is a five minute sequence featuring uh an, an airplane uh that airplane is being piloted by jack black Oh my god, that's true. That's right. Jack Black is in Waterworld as the pilot to the fucking airplane. 
Uh, this is a weird one. Yeah, it's not good. It's not entertaining enough to be like funny. I don't know, man. I I I watched this movie and I just went, I can't believe I fucking watched this. Uh, I never wanted to watch this, and unfortunately for the show, I've had to watch it. So here we are. <laughs> Um, I did want to mention, I guess, real quick that, like, if you want a version of this same story that doesn't suck ass, uh, there's, like, an indie real-time strategy game called Oil Rush, which is, like, actually really reminiscent of Waterworld, uh, except that it's good. Uh, like, the gameplay loop involves, like, um, producing a fleet of ships an aircraft to like take over oil derricks that are like sticking out of the ocean after the world flooded and you have to like salvage oil build units and like capture territory essentially mm. okay interesting so i was gonna say like this i think the world's cool enough that you can make a video game out of this like an open world video game where you're just like on your boat you know you fight fucking smokers every now and then come across the tolls you have side quests helping random strangers if you want you have your main quest of you know you you take the kid to mount everest yeah was it supposed to be mount everest that they went to yes huh yeah that was mount everest because it's the highest point on planet earth yeah and just turned into a lush jungle full of horses i guess yeah, why not What's your problem? Yeah, why not? Well, like the the planet's already been flooded. How how did horses not just swim to Mount Everest? <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, what would you rate this bad boy? Uh, one and a half. Yeah, it's like a one and a half. Very rarely. Look at us in lockstep. I know. Uh, very rarely do I fall asleep during movies. It was only this and um, Hollywood Cop. No, Hollywood Cop. Uh, what's actually pronounced Holly Woo Cop? Uh, that's true. Uh, no, it's the one where it's the one before it's in between Killing American Style and uh, Samurai Cop. Yeah, it's Hollywood Cop from Mir Shervan. It's the one where the, the the black cop looks like a fucking psychopath as he removes uh, the tops of two women that he's mud wrest or oil wrestling with. Jesus Christ! It's uh that movie. So there's a red letter media best of the worst about that that it features that one and everything they use from uh that best of the worst is from the first 30 minutes of the movie like i watched the first 30 minutes of that movie and it just went literally everything is here from that where does the movie go and then the movie went nowhere and i fell asleep so needless to say fuck hollywood cop and fuck Waterworld. all right uh so next week on the show we're gonna be Watching Red Notice uh, and reviewing that along with Andrew Morgan of the Nomcast. Yes, um, that's true. And on the back of that, we are doing a dick pick. Uh, I think it's my turn. I don't care. It's your turn. You know, I'm leaving it to be your turn because uh, this is this is penance for my sins of not giving you uh, as many dick picks as you want. <laughs> Uh, for context, if you haven't listened to the show before, Dick Picks is not just like a picture of Dan's penis that he sends me sometimes, uh, although that does happen. That has uh, happened. It's actually where we take a random dictionary word, search for it on Netflix, and watch something related. Uh, so the word that I got was economic, and uh, 
prepare to be very depressed because we're going to be watching a Netflix film called Saving Capitalism. Uh, former Secretary of Labor Robert Reich meets with Americans from all walks of life as he chronicles a seismic shift in the nation's economy. Uh, I expect to be fucking bored. This came out. Oh, this came out in 2017 before we cared. Yeah. In the before times. Uh, yeah, this was during the Trump time. Oh, yeah, we definitely didn't care. This movie is controversial, provocative, and cerebral. Uh, the fifth thing that comes up is minimalism, a documentary about the important things. Uh, those men are hacks. Fuck them. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, tell them stuff, Dan. You didn't want to watch Moneyball? You didn't, watch, yeah, you, you didn't want to watch Steve, Steve Jobs a second time? Nah, sticking to Netflix right, original fine. stuff, no, I guess. Fine. That's fine. I don't care. Uh, you can find the show at Netflix.com if you want to stop for all things Netflix and Swill. It includes links to our social media pages, our Patreon page, and our merch pages where you can give us money. Because we like money. Uh, we need to pay the bills to keep the lights on. That's not true. Uh, we both make enough money that we can keep the lights on without you guys, but we appreciate you supporting us anyway. Don't tell them we don't need it. We won't get it. Uh, please give us your money. Uh, I I need a soundboard so I can That's play actually true. Random clips. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, do that. Uh, also, leave us reviews on podcast services. Uh, it's nice. It's a nice thing you can do. That's for free if you want to support the show uh, outside of just following us on social media and listening. Uh, thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song "Bitter," which is how Kevin Costner felt when he saw the reviews for Waterworld. And until next week, this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.